0: Welcome to Opinionated with Ben Schiller. Ben is a features editor at Coindesk. He's a seasoned business journalist, and he'll be talking with some of the most fascinating contributors to CoinDesk daily opinion section. Ben is joined by two Coindesk reporters, co-hosts Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson. This episode is sponsored by PumaPay. And just a reminder... Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, Ben, Anna, and Danny. Hi, everybody. This is Opinionated.
1: I'm Ben Schiller, and I'm joined today by co hosts Anna Blaidikova. Hi, Anna. Hello, Ben. This is Danny Nelson as well, uh, talking to us from New York. Hi, Danny. Philadelphia this time. Even better. So we'll come from a jam-packed four days of consensus, which is Coindesk's flagship event. And we've had a incredible time, incredible range of speakers. Uh, Ray Dalio was there. Tom Brady was there, at least uh, virtually, and some other big names like Cathy Wood from ARK Invest. I think we're going to take up something she was talking about last night, which was that she basically blamed the ESG movement, which is environmental social governance movement and particularly the larger than life figure of Elon Musk for the recent precipitous fall in bitcoin prices so uh, we've gone from about 64000 to about what is it now 38000 attributing a lot of that to statements made by Elon Musk basically calling attention to the environmental footprint of bitcoin mining and we're going to get into that ESG and what Kathy Wood was saying was a big theme of the conference and we're going to talk about that now Danny, Anna, what do you think about this? Is this sort of uh, the scare tactics from Elon trying to get publicity as usual, or is this a more substantial sort of issue that the community really needs to uh, deal with, do you think?
2: I really feel like siding with Brian Brooks, who during his appearance on Coindesk TV during the consensus said that, in his opinion, Elon Musk is just, you know, having fun on Twitter, enjoying his influence, enjoying how he can sway opinions. How he can like cause panic on the market and pump this hype. He's just, you know, having great time enjoying his power. That's what I tend to think about Elon Musk's thinking. But I'm very curious about the crowd's thinking. Because you can speculate why Elon is tweeting what he's tweeting, but then what's the process on the side? of people who are, say, selling Bitcoin. Like, first of all, I'm curious, are there really people who sold Bitcoin because Elon Musk said it's bad for the planet? And if there are such people, like who are they and how does it work in their mind? You don't get into Bitcoin in the first place because you think it's a great ecological initiative. You, you get into this space for completely different reasons. And then you're like, oh, I wanted this great investment tool and sound money and whatever you think of Bitcoin, but it's actually bad for environment. So I'm going to sell everything to hell, even though I'm losing money. Like, how does it work? How does it work? I'm, you know, I'm very confused about that.
3: Oh, yeah. So I think that the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And the Lord was certainly Elon on this front. He first aped into Bitcoin. We were at around 30,000. And Elon is one of the biggest voices in the investing world right now. And when he says something, it's the word of God. So when he joined back in March, that was basically approval essentially for a lot of other investors who really have no interest whatsoever in the decentralized, completely out there aspects of crypto that we all are more familiar with and that many people, many long-term investors and believers in Bitcoin hold dear they don't really care about that they see number go up and they see Elon getting in on number going up and they get in there's probably a subset of them who are more esg minded and the fact that an electric car maker is doing this bitcoin investment that itself is pretty big approval i think that what we've all discovered and what tesla really has or what we've discovered about tesla rather is the facts about the bitcoin network haven't changed in the last 4 months bitcoin was using electricity that came from less than green sources, and it still is. And this was true before Tesla came, and it will still be true for a while after. Right. Um, but what we've discovered is that they really didn't do their due diligence in considering that aspect of the investment before jumping $1.5 billion into the hole. So I think there's a lot of unanswered questions there about a company that may have moved faster than its own messaging
1: because of the whims of of its
3: Caesar figure.
1: Yeah. Just to push back on that, I mean, Kathy Wood has a slightly different interpretation of this. And I thought it was quite interesting because everyone thinks about Musk as being the kind of king of the internet and uh, he can fly things to the moon. He has sort of ultimate sort of power. But the way she described it was that Tesla actually has institutional investors, particularly BlackRock, which is very ESG minded. Larry Fink is the CEO and founder there. And he's crazy about climate change, you know, rightfully so. And the way Cathy Wood was saying it was that these guys were actually putting pressure on Tesla and Elon to actually change policy on this whole Bitcoin thing because as you were saying, he's a big signal to the market that it's okay to invest in Bitcoin even if you have a sort of environmental agenda. And I think Fink in particular was trying to kind of hold the line on the principle that we shouldn't be investing in things that are dirty and environmentally problematic. I personally think that that it is a problem for Bitcoin and actually this is the first time in Bitcoin's history when this issue has gone from being something that people like us talk about to being something actually materially affecting the price of Bitcoin. And I think that's why everyone's really talking about it now and really trying to do something about it because it's actually causing the price to really drop off.
2: Well, our colleague, the managing director of CoinDesk, Emily Parker, recently published an op-ed in the Washington Post that is titled exactly, cryptocurrency has an Elon Musk problem. That's a very precise way to explain what's going on. Because when you have one man who enjoys so much power swinging the market, then you might think, yeah, that there might be something wrong with the market and decision-making process in there.
1: That's true. But I think what it points to is actually a deeper problem with this kind of environmental issue that, that is going to stop Bitcoin from expanding in the way that a lot of people would like to see And simply there are a lot of investors, as we keep hearing on Wall Street, who are not only sort of, you know, emotionally or spiritually in favor of climate change, they actually have like rules in their kind of management systems, like committees that will not allow investments in products deemed to be bad for the environment. So it's not just a kind of debate anymore about a concept, it's actually a material thing within the the decision making of these companies.
3: Well, I kind of think it's a good thing. In the short term, we're seeing a lot of uh, negative effects on the price, but they call it HODL for a reason. Uh, Number go up, number go down, number go sideways. It's a crazy world. And what is true of technology is evolve or die. If you're not willing to take the steps to iterate, then you're not going to survive. Now, that's a little different in the case of Bitcoin, because what we're seeing here won't be a change to the code, although some have posited that uh, Bitcoin could move to proof of stake. I don't think that anyone who seriously understands how bitcoin works takes that position seriously and they shouldn't but the way that mining works and rather the electricity sources that are powering mining that is certainly something that can change and you know I don't know the the facts and the figures around how much of bitcoin electricity comes from coal or natural gas or stuff like that and I think that there's been a lot of disingenuous attempts to ascribe a number to that but yeah. the fact of the matter is we have ways of creating energy that are less detrimental to the climate. And I don't know why Bitcoin should be exempt from scrutiny. I think that there's a lot of additional tar that's thrown in its way because people that don't like Bitcoin are using this as a reason to kind of poo-poo it entirely. We're seeing some negative price action here and we're seeing, and I think we're going to get to this in a little bit, some attempts to make the mining process more green. And I think that's a good thing.
2: Well, I totally agree that it's a good thing if Bitcoin, in fact, will become less green. Now we have some indirect indications on what the energy mix looks like. When there were these accidents in the coal mines in China, suddenly 25 percent of Bitcoin hash rate went down, and it doesn't like directly point at how much Bitcoin is mined on coal, but you know maybe some part of it. On one hand, I agree that you know it would be cool. If Bitcoin mining would extensively move to green sources like hydropower, solar or wind or whatever, and if all the bitcoins were mined on green energy, you know that would be a huge reputational boost to Bitcoin and probably amazing for the planet. But I'm afraid that a slightly different thing is actually happening now. As with many other cases, this very important cause becomes just a political and talking point for many people and a speculative tool. There is this thing that uh, called carbon offset, which is basically a coupon that you buy to show everyone that whatever carbon dioxide you emitted into the atmosphere, you compensated for it because you invested in some company that is planting forest in the Amazon or whatever. This is the whole separate problematic topic. If you guys Google carbon credits fraud, carbon offsets fraud, yeah. the Google will show you so many investigations about how these carbon credit coupons are printed out of the air and the companies that get money from them actually are not that good for the environment at all. If getting Bitcoin greener means really moving the mining capacities to the green energy sources, that's great. That's amazing. But if it means that the carbon offsets market is going to explode and people will just redirect money and you know buy the indulgence of emitting whatever the amount of carbon dioxide they want, that's just no good. That's just not going to be any different.
1: I, I totally agree. And I mean, the idea of offsets has been sort of morally dubious for, for a long, long time. I mean, the idea of sort of paying to do something bad, you know, is, is kind of a stupid one, but it is a popular notion in this community like Sam Bankman-Fried, for instance, the founder of FTX. He's a big offsetter. And I, I thought exactly the same thing. It's not the same as actually having green energy powering this, this grid.
0: Afraid of missing out on the latest crypto opportunities? Well, then it's time to head on over to Pumapay.io Pumapay's first liquidity pool is now live on PancakeSwap. Deposit liquidity today and claim your share of a 750 million PMA token reward. Hurry now, visit Pumapay.io today. That's Pumapay.io.
1: Let's move on from the issue to what the industry is doing to try and address that. And One of the big announcements this week and probably the biggest news that was sort of non-consensus was this news from Michael Saylor, the head of uh, MicroStrategy, and Elon Musk himself. They were forming an association of miners to raise standards on using green energy. And this was interesting. When they announced this, there was two different camps amongst Bitcoiners. Some of them were, were pleased that someone was taking initiative like this. And then there was a whole other group of people saying, uh, this is a cabal. This is a kind of another example of uh, Musk having too much power in the crypto market. My question for you guys was where do you stand? Is this a cabal that's dangerous for the kind of fungibility and universality of Bitcoin, or is this a useful step forward?
3: I think that it is a hilarious and flawed PR stunt that will achieve very little other than to put these companies in a good light. But you know, if you look at it, even if they wanted to affect material change and you know attack the networks underlying this code or something mischievous, stuff like that, they only control, I think I saw somewhere, I might be wrong on this, but 10% of the hash rate. They just don't have enough power to do anything material. And what they did instead with this language of a Bitcoin mining council that has been convened and it has me thinking a lot about Lord of the Rings. I know Sailor's a big Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> when I think about this, it's just the optics of it just really don't work so well because they don't have the ability to do anything. They're all public companies. All of these moves that they're going to be making are going to be public anyway. Uh, and it's not really necessary to do this other than to have some optical relief. So I think that the main goal that it achieved here was to show Elon, you know, taking a stance and not just uh, leaving Bitcoin in the dust as he seemed to with his Twitter statements. But to show, look at this, I'm taking a stance and I'm supporting Bitcoin because in this highfalutin council thing, I think it's a, a load of bull, though.
2: <laughs> I totally agree with Danny here. And it was actually kind of funny to see when, when, when Elon Musk tweeted that we don't like Bitcoin anymore, we're, we're not going to accept it. It's, it's too dirty. And the Bitcoin was like, like it plunged. Then Saylor and Elon Musk are coming up with that announcement. Without knowing the context, you would be thinking like, so Elon said these bad things about Bitcoin. And then they saw like how their assets actually took a dive. And they were like, oh my God, we need to do something. We need to announce something. I totally agree with Danny that the actual impact of this initiative, you know, even if it's a real initiative, not just a PR stunt, will be very limited because, one, the US actually dedicates about 7% of the world hash power, I guess, uh, now, you know, a couple more percent for Canada. You know, that's not much to tip the scale in the sense of the environmental impact, even if they like totally commit to the green sources of power. What's concerning me here is, again, this attempt of creating separate pools of bitcoins Like these Bitcoins are green and clean, and these Bitcoins are dirty. So these Bitcoins are accepted here, but those Bitcoins are not accepted there. And then these miners will only process operations from these parts of the world, but these parts of the world will be excluded and only be processed in Russia or China or Iran. It's just ridiculous in the context of Bitcoin.
1: I agree with that. But I mean, uh, just to push back on, on that idea about only X percent of the hash power, what difference does it make? I mean, people make the same argument about climate change itself, i.e. You know, why bother doing something in New York or in the United States when China's just going to do their own thing or India's just going to do their own thing. People make the same argument. You've know, you got to start somewhere. And if, if the US doesn't lead this, then who is going to lead it? I think there are ways in which counsel like this could be useful for setting a different agenda around this topic, i.e. that Bitcoin can be a net positive for renewable production. Because there are ways of basically co-locating Bitcoin mining within renewable operations. So when there's excess power from these intermittent sources, the Bitcoin is effectively soaking up that wasted energy. I think that's useful.
2: But I think setting up the agenda and acting in the real economic environment are two different things. I don't even think it has such a great impact. What people, even with a great moral power, people say, the miners just go when they get the best deal. Mining is a highly expensive business. You know, you you need to buy new ASICs all the time. You need to buy enormous amounts of power. You need to have like stable environment in the way that your landlord will not come the next day and just shut down the facilities and steal your. Asics, which happens in some parts of the world.
3: There's a weird uh, aspect of all this that we don't talk about too much. And that's the fact that putting more stress on the grid and creating more demand for electricity actually supports the development of cheaper energy resources. And in many cases, those are going to be green. A friend of mine who works in electrical engineering and for a utility company pointed this out to me when we were having a conversation about the environmental cost of Bitcoin mining once. He said it's a little counterintuitive to think about, you know, uh, using more electricity is actually going to have a long-term green effect. But by uh, creating this demand and by having this demand on the grid, you're going to see the development of these greener sources because of the demand for cheaper. And like Anna said, the Bitcoin miners, they're going to go where they can find the best deals. That's what their chief concern is because this is such an expensive proposition. And we're going to see in the long term that renewables, which are going to be developed, are going to be a lot cheaper than some of the fossil fuels that we use today.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing about renewables. It's it's a technology. It's not a commodity, so it is going to get cheaper. Just like uh, computers have got cheaper, and eventually, it's probably going to be more or less free to have energy. And you know, why would you use a fossil fuel when you can use sun off the roof? You know, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Exactly. And among the like green mining technologies. There are some that are not just emitting another carbon dioxide, but preventing excessive carbon dioxide to be emitted. When people are drilling oil, that gas comes out of the ground just as a side effect. And the oil companies have to flare it, basically to burn it into the atmosphere. But there is a technology that allows to grab that gas and transform it into the electricity and use it for mining. If technologies like that boom and flourish across the globe, that would be cool. If this Bitcoin environmental movement and discussion going to spur a real change in how we use our power, what kind of infrastructure we build, that's going to be just very cool.
1: Let's move on here. I mean, how do we see this argument playing out? you know, do we see a situation in which there's going to be some split in the kind of fungibility of Bitcoin, i.e. Um, we're going to find a way of kind of labeling some coins as green and some coins as not green, or as seems more likely, that's actually not possible. And we're just going to end up just sort of talking about this subject without actually uh, fixing it. If we're going to be serious, I don't think there's any way
3: I mean, there are ways to, but I don't think that we are going to be headed toward a world where the fungibility of of Bitcoin is affected. I don't think that, at least at this point, the demand for such a thing is that high. And I I don't think that if the demand's not there, then you're not going to see it done. It's because there's not enough of a benefit to it.
1: On the one hand, we've heard from a lot of people who say that this whole kind of idea of green Bitcoin is a myth. And I was talking to a big miner the other day from Foundry. And he was saying, you know, no client has ever approached him to say we want a greener Bitcoin. There is no like premium or, you know, price that people will pay extra to get this stuff. On the other hand, we know from people like Kathy Wood, that there is a constituency out there of investors who are not buying into Bitcoin because of its profile. So people may not be buying the greener Bitcoin, but they may not be buying the Bitcoin because of the environmental issues. So.
3: I agree with that, but I think that that's a slightly different issue, because if we're seeing Bitcoins themselves being classified as green, not green, then you have a situation where you're going to have the Bitcoin that is okay to use and the Bitcoin that isn't. You're probably right, though. It's true that uh, BlackRock, which really does have a very large ESG mandate, is concerned about it. Then we are going to see that effect on the miners, but I don't think that we'll ever see it affect the fungibility.
2: I think people who don't like Bitcoin because it's not green enough in general, or they don't like it because it's used by criminals, they will never be satisfied. Because there'll always be Bitcoins paid as a ransom, there'll always be Bitcoins used to buy drugs and illegal goods, and there'll always be Bitcoins mined with not enough green technology that you would want them. I'm not sure that th- there is even a point in going after investors who view it in this way. Bitcoin is just um, whatever people want it to be. And it can be green, it can be dirty, it can be criminal, it can be you know the tool of freedom and liberation. It's just all these things.
1: Fair enough. My own view is that uh, I think Bitcoin has been kind of sleeping on this issue. There's been a lot of kind of whataboutism and deflection and kind of outright denial. And I think uh, if Musk can come on a tweet and and kind of ruin the whole market with with a single statement about this, it does show that it's actually material to the future of the project. They better get it sorted out or they're going to lose market share to other, other projects, surely. I mean, if Ethereum can show a much cleaner bill of health for its project, then Aren't ESG-minded people going to go to Ethereum, which is actually a lot more useful anyway than, uh, than to Bitcoin? I mean, doesn't it sort of put the long-term viability of Bitcoin as a kind of full-functioning uh, cryptocurrency somewhat at risk, I think?
3: I have a piece of breaking news here. So the Compass Mining, which is a mining company that a couple of our colleagues absconded That's to, right. has just announced the launch of the Pleb Mining Council. This is the mining council of the people. So in this organization, this decentralized organization, one mining unit equals one vote. Uh, If you have one mining rig, that's how much power you have over the network. And they will mark their uh, affiliation by wearing t-shirts. So (laughs) you can see how
1: seriously people are taking the Bitcoin mining council by (laughs) by this. So that's true true of cryptocurrency, isn't it, to come up with some complicated governance scheme? (laughs)
2: I want to really push back against your point, Ben, that people are going to flee from Bitcoin to other cryptocurrencies because of their relative greenness.
1: I don't think they're going to flee. I think they're not going to get in in the first place and they're going to go to Ethereum. I think you know, someone like Larry Fink, he's just going to say, let's buy Ethereum, not Bitcoin.
3: I think if they're not going to get into Bitcoin, I don't think they're going to then go to Ethereum because Ethereum is this high highfalutin proof of stake, whatever. I think they're just going
1: to ignore crypto entirely. Maybe surely people are investing in Bitcoin partly because they think other people are investing in bitcoin. It's not because of the actual integral qualities of bitcoin. it's because there is this large community that encourages people to think that the price is still going to go up. and if there is a major obstacle for that price to go up i. e dissatisfaction on Wall Street as to the environmental profile of this thing, then surely that's going to affect the long-term viability of the project, and it's not just like guys sitting in in their bedrooms anymore. this is all being driven by you know, influential money managers on the capital markets.
2: I wouldn't underestimate, though, the guys sitting in the bedroom and coding Bitcoin. I think they're still very important. You know, the, the market should mature and learn at some point that there is something that Elon Musk said, there is something that Goldman Sachs said. But ultimately, it's you and your own learning process. Nobody can answer the question, if you need to buy crypto or if you need to buy Bitcoin, if you really did some work to understand what's going on in this space and why on earth you could need that and you formed your own opinion, then it's probably not that easy to swing you, you know, with one tweet or two tweets.
3: Yeah. with all of these things, there will be some people at the end of the day who cannot be pleased and who will hide their just deep disdain for Bitcoin in other arguments to try to rationalize it. I was reading an article at The Verge last night about a, uh, a Bitcoin mining operation out in Montana that was going to be using solar panels. Anna, did you share this? Someone shared it, but the solar panels will also be powering a, a local town. And the article was poo pooing is this really the best thing to use electricity for? It said, well, you know, okay, so Bitcoin's green now because it's going to be using solar panels, but there's still e waste. It's like, well, what do you think Amazon does with all its old AWS servers? They, have, they throw it out. And then they said, oh, well, the locals are upset because of, of the installation that will also power their houses, you know, is going to cover a field and it's going to look not so pretty. Yeah. Well, wh- what do you want? Do you want the green revolution or do you want pretty fields? Because if you're in this town in Montana, you're not going to have both. So at the, it, it's, for some people, there is no pleasing.
1: I mean, I think often lost in this debate is uh, the question of you know whether you think Bitcoin is worth it or not. And I think a lot of people who are strongly against it on environmental grounds don't understand the kind of fundamental usefulness of a peer-to-peer you know network like this. And that's why they, they poo-poo it. And other people do see the kind of incredible, unique value of the network, and they're prepared to put up with a bit of uh, environmental issue on, on the side of it. Because like a car or like anything else, you know, you put up with... A certain amount of pollution because uh, it's useful. I think we better wrap up this debate. We could probably talk about it for a long time. Danny, what are you looking forward to next week and over the weekend?
3: Going to Miami, Bitcoin 2021. Ooh, it's going Miami, to Miami, that's going to be fun. Toxic mess of uh, Bitcoin
1: maxis, and I'm sure I'm going to get drunk. Good, good. Don't, don't do anything too stupid, like lose your, lose your whatever. I lose my uh, Russian hat. Yeah. Lose your Russian hat. What about you, Anna? Are you going to Miami next week?
2: I'm not going anywhere. I'm just sitting in my cave, waiting for the proper vaccination option to come my way. Not expecting any more events other than consensus. There is still so much to process, so much great content. There really was, yeah. Came out uh, this week. You really need time to delve into all of that. That's what I recommend to all our audience, by the way.
1: Definitely, there's a lot to digest, there was tremendous stuff uh, on there and I I know everyone says that about their conference, but I can't remember a better consensus than than this year. It was really uh, jam-packed with so much art and so much money and so much inventiveness. So it was really a hats off to the organizers.
2: By the way, did you guys buy any NFTs?
1: Oh, did I ever? I'm long on Kevin
3: Worth. <laughs>
2: um, oh, oh! You bought our CEO NFT.
3: Oh yes, absolutely. And oh, I just that found out. Smart Everybody move. Out the survey. You can get ten thousand desk. This project is not going anywhere. We are the only <laughs> coin on Wrinklebee. Everything With else is
2: NFTs. An NFT. We better
1: just explain to people, if they're still listening, uh, what this is. The Consensus Coin Desk issued its own coin called Desk Coin, which proved to be a viral sensation there was a big telegram group and a big discord group all trading and apparently there's a secondary market now in these nfts and in the tokens themselves
2: and desk has no value guys desk has no, no value, value. <laughs> this is
1: not investment
3: advice because you literally cannot invest in desk
1: as we know about all these tokens they don't really have value anywhere until you sort of ascribe it value so
2: you probably can sell it to somebody on telegram or discord but you can't buy or sell it on any exchange
3: I don't even know if there's a way to transfer it, though. I don't think that there's a way to transfer
1: it between wallets. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, You better say what Wrinkle is. It's
2: a testnet for Ethereum, right?
1: Yeah. My name's Spencer. This is Anna.
2: Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed your consensus and got a whole ton of desks and bought a bunch of NFTs and had a ton of networking and had a lot of fun. Enjoy whatever comes up for you. And don't be too hyped, and don't be too panicked about the Bitcoin moves. Bitcoin just stays Bitcoin.
1: Definitely, Danny. Have a great time in uh, Miami, and drink something for us. And until then, we'll have to say das vidania. See you next week. I'm Ben Schiller. See you later. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Badakova, and Danny Nelson. Today's show is produced, edited, and announced by Michelle Mousseau with music by Ender. Have any questions or comments? Send us an email at podcast at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.